So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Easy Conversations. Thanks a lot to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie Matt and I. I hope you enjoyed listening to us provide our NHL playoffs recap coverage and offered our predictions, some of which happen to be very wrong, but we'll move past those and focus on the ones we got right. So, I hope you enjoyed that. So, now for episode 89 of Easy Conversations. I'm extremely excited, of course, to be back in the studio virtually with the homie Matt. So, it's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? Hope everyone's having a great day. I'm super pumped for tonight's episode. We're going to be talking about my favorite thing in the world. And we have an amazing guest tonight, and I can't wait to meet him and discuss the topic with him. So, Eric, why don't you introduce him? Absolutely. It's been a while since we've done an episode like this. And um, going back to what we all know and love, movies. So, extremely excited to introduce to the podcast another film aficionado, the homie Nick, a.k.a. Nez Bedar. Say what's up to the people. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, I love talking movies. Uh, you know, I watch movies every single day, uh, and I'm I'm really excited to to get this going. Same here. We're super happy to have you on. And now for this episode, we're going to be going over a basically a multiverse of film genres. Going to be a general discussion about film, and yeah, we're going to be pretty much tackling a bunch of different genres, talking about our likes and dislikes stereotypes and tropes that we'd find in each genre and probably a bunch of other stuff so I don't even um, know in which direction we're going but I'm excited for it and I'll throw it over to you first Nez to kick us off and uh, for all of us to get to know your interest in film as well what would you say is your favorite film genre? My favorite film genre I would have to go uh, you know with with drama uh, obviously because you know for me when I when I watch movies, uh, um, I like to like be touched uh, on a more personal note. Um, I refer back to uh, what Martin Scorsese said years and years ago, where he said, you know, the best films are personal films. And that to me uh, uh, couldn't hold true. Like it, it's, it's so true. And uh, you watch these films and we're going to talk about, you know, foreign movies, uh, I'm sure. And, for me, uh, the drama genre can go so many different ways. And um, the reason why I like it so much is because, uh, you know, I'm a very emotional person uh, and I don't, you know, I don't hide it. Um, I, uh, you know, I ball my eyes out at movies. I don't care who's watching. So for me, you know, the, the more dramatic it is and the more Shakespearean it is, uh, I, I love it. And, and, you know, sometimes it can get corny and, and stuff like that. But, you know, for me, uh, uh, definitely drama. Um, but it's such a, you know, it's such an open-ended question because, you know, uh, I love Westerns. Uh, I love, uh, like, you know, space movies. I, I, I think that, uh, um, you know, Interstellar is, is, is one of the great movies of, of the last, you know, decade, two decades. So for me, uh, and, you know, I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan, which I, I, I could talk about him for three hours, but once you're inside the, the, the drama genre, you can you can really pinpoint uh, like any other drama and you can just insert, uh, you know, dramatic notions in those genres. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely go drama just for the personal touch and, and, and because I'm just super emotional. Great. Cho- I mean, dramas, the best movies I've watched are all their dramas, right? Like to me, that's the, dr- yeah. the genre with the best movies. And yes, pers- I like what you said, like the Martin Scorsese quote personal movies that hit the movies that have hit me the hardest have been super like i can relate so much to some of the things in the movie or just hit me in the fields like i love horror movies and marvel movies but those are just like 
roller coaster movies for me where I just have fun and then get off the ride at the end and never forget. Like, I don't think about them too much after. It's funny that you say that you like Marvel movies because I hate them. Um, so I, I think uh, I, I think there's a, there's something there. But uh, in my introduction, and this is just a, a small story, and we were talking before we started recording, uh, I said that, you know, I'm a historian, like I, I studied history. I, I, I'm about to start teaching history uh, in high school. So uh, I have a lot of, of personal s- stories. I like telling stories. In my introduction, uh, Eric sort of said, you know, Nick Nesbedard. And there's a funny story to that. And it has and it has something to do with movies. It, it, it's, you know, my real name is Nicholas. But if you ask around, uh, uh, my everyone calls me Nez. Every, like, and, and Eric knows this. Uh, I've been called Nez uh, since a young age. And where that came from was uh, uh, from Toy Story, believe it or not. And uh, there's uh, the the original Toy Story. There's a scene where uh, uh, Woody is is extremely sad. He's at a tea party and he's extremely sad because he was told that he wasn't. Uh, 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 no, sorry, Buzz. Buzz is at a tea party and uh, he's extremely sad because uh, he was told that he wasn't a real superhero. And he's sitting there and he's sad. He's sad and he has this this purple sort of hat on. And uh, Woody walks in and, you know, Woody, he's always full of energy and he starts to try and cheer up Buzz. At one point, he notices the hat and he sort of starts calling him Mrs. Nesbitt just to make fun of him, trying to make him laugh. And when I was about, I don't know, I think I was like really young, eight months old, maybe like one. I was sleeping and my brother walked into my room and he took uh, uh, Woody's cowboy hat and he put it on my head. And I still have the picture. My mom still has the picture. I, I think she w- looks at it every single day. But um, and, and uh, they started calling me Nesbit. Out of the blue, Nes just came along, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be the guy I am today if my name wasn't Nes. I I would just be another Nicholas. Uh, that's that's just there. And but you know everyone knew Nes. Everyone knows who Nes is. And uh, I, it's all because of, of Toy Story and that, you know, I have movies to thank and that's why, you know, I love movies so much because they do this to us, you know, they, 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 they give us, uh, uh, those personal stories all the time. And, and, and that's, uh, it's an awesome way to just have a nickname and it's a great story too. hundred percent. You said a lot in there. And one of the things that you t- talked about was your disdain perhaps of, comic book movies and it's funny that you mentioned Scorsese who also is a noted anti-comic yes. book movie like um that's his stance on comic book movies that he's really not a fan of them and I know it's like such a tough question that I hit you with at first like what's your favorite film genre I would say drama for me as well but it's tough to definitively say one that you want to watch or that is your favorite because you might be in the mood for something like a horror like Matt said or comic book me too. Like I love comic book movies personally. Like, I'm a huge Marvel guy, but I can also appreciate a nice drama here and there. But I think the nice thing about a drama is that it's like, grounded in reality. It has those moments that yes. brings a tear to your eye oftentimes and are relatable, like Matt said as well. Yeah, and also like you mentioned Toy Story. I'm also super pumped for Lightyear coming out next Friday at the time we're yes. recording. I don't know what you guys think about that coming up, but absolutely. Also a huge like, yeah. animated movie guy. Like those are underrated. I feel like they are not just for kids. But I'd forgotten about. I, I'm sure I knew that story about your name, Nez, and uh, that's just awesome. And I was as you were telling it, I was like, wait, Woody at a tea party. I was so confused, just trying to piece that yeah. scene together. And 
and it's important to to say I don't hate comic book movies. I hate Marvel movies okay. because, uh, and I I don't know I don't know if I'm if I'm contradicting myself here because my favorite movie of all time is The Dark Knight, cool. and it's not even and it, and it's not even remotely close. Uh, um, Great. Wow. And another uh, another story. Uh, uh, I'm I'm sorry about all my stories, but another story of that is when The Dark Knight came out. I was 11 years old. Okay, and I I saw it in theaters about three days after it came out. My dad's a huge Batman fan. Uh, so am I. I love Batman. Um, you know, I thought the new one that came out uh or, or like earlier this year was really good. Obviously, not even close to the Dark Knight, but I so I walk in. I'm 11 years old, and and the Dark Knight. If you look at it from 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 a lens, it's a very complex story. Uh, uh it's very post 9/11 war on terror uh, a lot of esp like like spying and 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 etc so it's a very complex movie if you're 11 years old you're sort of like you're like okay like i, I i'm sort of just along for the ride uh, okay and so i walk into the theater i'm really excited my dad had already seen it and he's like holy you know naz you're gonna love this na 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 so i walk in and i sit down and the the lady sitting to my left she's about 50 years old and she she reeks of cigarettes like absolute like just like walking into a a casino uh in in vegas like just hits you with a wall and i'm like are you kidding me right now like i have to sit beside this for two and a half hours and uh but you know whatever and so i sit down and and i gotta say and this is gonna sound really weird but i gotta say that i enjoyed the movie a lot more because that lady was sitting beside me the reason why is that all my senses watching uh, Heath Ledger's Joker were in full effect because as Heath Ledger was on screen, I was sort of imagining that this is how he smelt. Mm, you know, yeah. that's, you know, I, I, I it, so I, I was watching him, I was hearing him and I was smelling him at the same time. And I was like, oh my God, like, like, I can't believe it. Like, I actually think that that, like, made it better for me because that's that's how I imagined him you know smelling it and but you know and and I I mentioned it earlier already but you know Christopher Nolan uh I think he did a masterful job with the Dark Knight the reason why I love the Dark Knight is is are the reasons why I don't like Marvel I I can explain that in more detail but you know I'm a huge Tobey Maguire fan like the Spider-Mans of Tobey Maguire I was like whole like Grew up on those movies. I loved them. I thought they're, you know, Sam Raimi did a, a fantastic job with those Spider-Mans. Uh, but, but yeah, um, the new Marvel age, uh, like all the Avengers and all that, for me, just really, really doesn't do it. Is That's one of the fair. reasons maybe why you're not a fan of those movies, like the tone that it's more geared towards making kids laugh yes. and like entertained and maybe as Matt has pointed out in past episodes too much plot convenience and the everything's just spoon fed to you as a Marvel viewer. Like they're not really making you think as much and not as many underlying tones like you have in the dark Knight, like the war on terrorism, terrorism, like you said, like there's a lot going on in the dark Knight, which you don't really have in that many of the Marvel movies. Like some of them, I feel like do address important themes like, like black Panther. And, um, yes, I can't really think of another one off the top there, but, they're more like straightforward movies, like just mm-hmm. what you see is what you get kind of thing. So the new Spider-Man, I was very excited to see it because like I said, I'm a huge Tobey Maguire fan 
And I'm also a huge Andrew Garfield fan. Um, I think Andrew Garfield is one of the best, you know, like, I'm not saying he is, but he's, he's a top, top tier actor. He, every role that he has, he kills, uh, you know, Eduardo Saverin, uh, uh, him playing Eduardo Saverin in the social network, I think is, is just an incredible, uh, performance. Uh, his, his Netflix, I don't watch Netflix movies. I, I, they all suck, but Tick, Tick, Boom, uh, came out. He's incredible in that. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge, he's good. Those Spider-Mans, the, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans, they get a lot of hate, but I actually think that, like, out of the three, Tom Holland, Toby, like, he's, he's obviously, in my opinion, the, the better actor. And that's not a, that's not a feat on Tobey Maguire or Tom Holland. I just think that Andrew Garfield is that good. Um, and I actually really like, so I was really excited to see the new Spider-Man. I was like, you know what? I knew they were in there before I went in. Obviously, I think it was like the worst kept secret in Hollywood. I thought it was just, like you said, like spoon fed, like enjoy this, like this fanfare, like enjoy this nostalgia. They, they just try to shove nostalgia down your throat so much, which I can get appeals to a lot of people. Uh, and I, I totally get that. And but for me, it just doesn't do it. I thought the first half of that movie with all the Doctor Strange stuff was kind of whack. Like, I didn't I didn't in, it particularly enjoy, like, the first half. When Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire came in, that's what I was most, like, excited for. I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to, like, see them come in at, like, a really good time. And, you know, like, holy crap. They come in, and Tobey Maguire walks into a, like, he walks into a kitchen with a T-shirt and, and jeans on. I'm like, what is this? What are we doing? Are you kidding me? This is Spider-Man. He should be flinging in, like, in time of need. He walks in with jeans and a t-shirt. I was like, are you kidding me, man? You could have done... Is that, is that a different point in his life? Yeah, yeah I, get, I get that. But, like, there's so, mu- there's so many cool things that they could have done. And and he's just in a, ran- like, in a random old aunt's kitchen, like, just there with Zendaya and the other guy. I don't even know his name. Uh, and And... and Andrew Garfield's there too, and there's sort of like, and, and in that moment there were a lot of jokes that like, in my opinion, landed flat. Uh, I I was like, okay, like what's going on? And then you know I thought there were some good moments in like the last battle uh, with all the the villains and and there was a, a few times where like, and this is my nerd coming out, but like there's a few times where like the soundtrack of like Tobey Maguire and uh, Andrew Garfield Spider Man's came out when they were having their moment. Their soundtrack came in. And I thought that was really cool. Um, but I thought, like, a lot of it was anticlimactic. Like, I, I was sort of, like, ready to, like, jump out of my seat. But then I was like, oh, like, come on. The one thing I will say about that movie uh, uh, is the ending was very good. Like, the very, very last part mm-hmm. where um, Zendaya and uh, uh, his other friend don't know who he is. Yeah. And, and this is very... Christopher Nolan and this is very you know this is a page out of the dark night I I I thought uh I, that might be my opinion but it was a very very much a page out of the dark night where he sort of takes the high the moral route of you know I'm going to protect I'm going to protect them I'm going to save them and I'm not going to tell them who I am I'm just going to walk out and he's in that cafe and he just walks out and he's like they're better off this way and you see that in the dark night where you know Batman sort of you know you either and it's exactly this quote, like the Spider-Man ends on this quote. It's you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Right. And that's how Spider-Man ends. And I thought that was, 
that was a really good ending. And that that was like they're going away from all the Marvel and they're more like friendly neighborhood Spider-Man uh, in that ending, which I which I enjoyed and I appreciated. That's fair. Um, uh, we had a whole Dark Knight episode, Neds, me and Eric. Cause oh, I was, no. I'm well, OK, <laughs> no, go back gonna, and you might out. hate great. Episode. You might hate you might hate me now and shut <laughs> off your phone or something. But like I I was I'm in the I'm in the. To me, The Dark Knight's overrated, basically. I okay. love the movie. I just think it's held at such a high regard. It's obscuring all these other classics or movies that should be regarded as classics that aren't. Sure. And Eric was defending the movie. So I don't want to get into a whole Dark Knight. I was just Like, say. I love... Memento <laughs> Memento is in my top 10 favorite movies. Like, I love... That's my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. I could watch it anytime yeah. over and over again. But it's, it's just The Dark Knight, like... I'm just tired of hearing... Ugh. Like you want to, to me, a movie like Heat with Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, like that's like yep. ten times better than The Dark Knight and has very similar, a lot of similarities. Michael Mann, I think, directed that movie. Yeah, uh, Heat is a phenomenal, like it's a really good movie. Uh, uh, and uh, look, I understand what you're saying, uh, but I just think that like coming off the Tim Burton and the Val Kilmer Batman yeah, and the Batman sure. and Robin, which are atrocities. Yeah, but but um, Matt, and. But Matt- Dark Knight is yeah. ranked third all time on the IMDb. Like, I know. Do you think that's ridiculous? As as really as a historian, there you go, Matt. As a film historian, you agree? I, Above like Seven Samurai and all those like like established classics, you think Dark Knight I, should be ranked third? I yes, uh, okay. I do. Okay. Unfortunately, like I do agree. Um, I just think that like okay, Nez to not put the listeners through another why the Dark Knight belongs in the best <laughs> movies of all time debates. They know what okay, it is. Okay. We all know it belongs up there. You actually you, you, you gave a great three. rundown on the Dark Knight as well earlier, and that's why like when you messaged me and we talked about some topics we could talk about, it's maybe a shame we didn't have you on for the Dark Knight episode as well because that was a great debate and I could have used you and I would have clearly won had you been on my side for that one. But it's all good. We can put that one to rest. Okay. I've never enough. seen Heat, actually. I was debating starting to watch it the other day. It is on Netflix, almost three hours long. Kind of a commit. So you would recommend Heat. And would that fall under... Is that a mafia movie? Like a crime movie? Or is that a drama as well? Crime drama? Crime, like, yeah. yeah, it's a crime drama. It's like a... It's like a... Basically an invest... Like a cop versus bad guy movie, kind of. Like it's... Uh, and it's the first time uh, um, that Robert De Niro and Al Pacino were on screen together, believe it or not. They came back for Irishman. Yeah, that's right. But speaking of Heat, like speaking of dramas, like Heat's one of my favorite. Like movies like that, that's why I like dramas. All my favorite movies are like good felt. Like I, Scorsese's my man. Like all his, he's his, my top. He, he deserves uh, those right. You know, that praise. I tend to, I like I love mafia movies. Um, and, you know, we're talking about the IMDb list, uh, like Godfather ranks second behind uh, Shawshank. And I, I think that I, I was late watching The Godfather. Um, you know, it was my dad, my uncle's favorite movie. I was really late in watching it. Uh, and I had seen all the, you know, Goodfellas, Casino. Um, I had seen a lot of mafia movies before I had seen The Godfather. And that's why I was sort of pulling it like I was putting it aside. I was like, you know what? I've seen mafia movies. I love them. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I know what they're all about. And I feel like I'm just so late in watching The Godfather. And like, I've seen so many mafia movies because 
it was so popular because The Godfather was like one of like the first mafia movies to come out, basically, right? And and that's why it was like holy crap. Uh, and I watched it, and it was like, in like it's incredible. Like The Godfather, and I know this is super basic and blah blah blah, but like The Godfather really is like a a, a master class in storytelling. That's that's what it's all about, man. Like uh, that's what that's what drama movies are all about. It's, it's, you need to have a, a good story. And, you know, for me, another guy, uh, that I love when it comes to drama is Aaron Sorkin. Uh, and he's not, he started directing his own, like his own movies recently with Child of Chicago seven. And, and, uh, Aaron Sorkin is one of the, the great writers. People don't like him for, for certain reasons, but he wrote the social network. He literally wrote the line, you know, you want the truth, you can't handle the truth in A Few Good Men. He, you know, he wrote Moneyball, which is, you know, I'm an Oakland A's fan because of Moneyball. Quentin Tarantino came out and said that the best movie of the 2010s was The Social Network. Mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino, for, for God's sake. Uh, and he said best movie and David Fincher directed that one. It was written by Sorkin yeah. for me. Interstellar, I think takes the cake in the 2010s. Like I watched Interstellar and IMAX and like I was, I, I walked out of there uh, with, with uh, Dallas who was on your podcast. Who's, who's my, who's my movie buddy. We, we talk movies all the time. I walked out of there. Me and Dallas didn't say a word until we got home. We're like, wow. I, you know, I can't believe Interstellar. Like I was, uh, I was, shook to my core but the social network is so good uh, i i thought you know there were so many good lines like if you guys were the inventors of facebook you'd have invented facebook you know there there's so many good lines in that movie and i think it's 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 so so good i just want to bring it back to something eric said and you said nez um you said you are very emotional when you watch movies i am too like i i'll i'll, I'll have strong physical reactions and sometimes i have to hide them if i'm like in a crowd but like, and yeah. Eric, you talked about animated movies, how like they can actually like the saddest movies I've ever watched were actually animated. That would be Grave of the Fireflies, which is a Japanese animated movie. It's the saddest movie I've ever seen. World War Two movie. I had what you said, Nez, like emotional reactions and it was an animated movie. So like, don't discount those. And I know a lot of people do. You can get some good dramas, like adult movies too. Not just like the Studio Ghibli movies, but like there's other ones too. Well, so. I want to say like animated movies, I think are universally the most pound for pound tearjerker movies out there, right? Like for yeah. the ones I've seen anyways, like almost all of them evoke some sort of sad reaction on me, whether it's actual tears or like fighting them off, right? And I can think of like... um. The uh, Inside Out, Inside Out movie that destroyed me. Shout Rip, Rip, Bing, Bong, my guy. And um, there's a lot that was said earlier that I would want to comment on, but some of them we'll have to move past. But just to wrap up, maybe the drama genre. You said Matt that you wouldn't say you'd say Goodfellas a drama and not a mafia movie. That's what maybe makes drama such a universal category that can be many people's favorite category right because in my mind goodfellas i would not i wouldn't classify it as a drama i think it, mafia movies is its own entity and godfather would be in there as well mafia is too niche though so it'd be like encompassed in the drama genre yeah okay that's a good good point just so I get, I get it clear when you say like animated movies are you talking like pixar animated like disney or like anime anything animation or anime like any japanese you know any anything that's not like live action basically Oh, okay. Yeah, like, I, uh, a few months ago, I watched Soul, which was, mm-hmm. I thought was very good. Yeah. Um, like, for me, like, 
and the like anime i i don't watch i will watch like i think pixar and disney do like a, a really really good job with their animated movies it's definitely like uh something like uh, uh, like a type of movie that i i, I wish I, I would watch more but for me and i i totally understand what you guys are are coming from but for me like the live action and like really feeling like you know like i could be like one of these actors and in, in this moment uh like that for me is is something that like doesn't really like compare to anything gotcha but for, cl to close out drama nez can you shoot out like five titles just off the top of your head of like recommendations like people should see they can be from any decade in the in the last like doesn't matter any what, any any movie dramas <sighs> i can start off I, like, yeah go ahead yeah go go ahead i this is that's such a a, a big question i i'd have to i'd have to think about it yeah like i'm thinking of like there's old hollywood movies that are amazing dramas you know like 12 angry men i was gonna that was one of my um, ones the uh, best, like yeah one, yeah. 12 Angry Men, The Best Years of Our Lives. Um, I like movies like Magnolia, like any Paul Thomas Anderson yep. movie I love. So those are like, those are more, like I watch a lot of old Hollywood movies too. And like, those are the So best. do I. Oh, I love them. Um, I would say uh, 12 Angry Men for sure. It's a Wonderful Life for yeah. sure. Um, I think that, you know, It's a Wonderful Life is, is another really, really good movie. Like some of my favorite dramas are, are foreign movies. Okay, shoot, shoot them off. One is definitely uh, like Life is Beautiful. Uh, so that's a, a, an Italian film. It's about, you know, a guy who, uh, a guy, his family, they, they get put in a, a concentration camp and he's with his son the entire time. And he basically tells his son uh, uh, that they're, they're in like a summer camp and like they're, they're playing a game and like there's a, they have to, you have to keep score. And, and so that's definitely one, one movie that really introduced me to foreign films. I saw it in class in high school was, uh, Les Intouchables. And they redid that movie with Kevin Hart and, uh, Brian Cranston. But the, I, I haven't even seen that version. I don't want to either. Uh, um, but um, Les Intouchables is definitely one, one movie that I really, really enjoyed. Holy crap! It's uh, Requiem for a Dream. Oh yeah, <laughs> that movie. I, I and I'm telling you, and I recommend. And it's not for the faint of heart. Like it's not. It's about drug addiction, and and it's really, really like gory. Like I, I watched that movie and like it like interstellar it was it was a different feeling though like i didn't say a word for like i think an hour i just stared at my my tv for an hour and i was like like that shook me to my core because with like the opioid uh, uh, crisis that's been that that's happened and and it's so, such a i i recommend that movie to to anyone uh when when i get asked recommendations i i i say you know you have to watch rick room for a dream it's going to it's going to really change your outlook on life uh um darren aronofsky does a phenomenal job there nez what's what's the connection between interstellar and requiem for a dream well i don't know I oh would... well i because when i was talking about uh interstellar i sort of said that i didn't say a word for like the the last like half hour after so i, I was just comparing the two but for a um, different reason though no no i'm talking like actress wise but what I'm talking about, okay, Alan Burstein in Requiem for a Dream. She plays like the mom yes. in Requiem. She's in Interstellar. So I thought that was cool. That those are two movies with her that you didn't yeah, talk for an hour. Yeah, you're right. Okay. That's, 
and uh, yeah. I think like the Interstellar, like the scene with Ellen Bernstein at the end, yeah. with with McConaughey, where she's like, "I knew you'd come back," and uh, uh, he says, "How?" and she says, "Because my dad promised me." Uh, I the that the the audience in that movie theater didn't stand a chance. I was crying, uh, <laughs> but uh, that's a cheat code though because uh, Interstellar. Uh, like the the soundtrack by Hans Zimmer. I'm a huge Hans Zimmer fan. I have a frame of him in my room. Wow. <laughs> uh, I uh, I like Hans Zimmer to me uh, is is a god. Just like John Williams with the you know the Star Wars and and uh, Indiana Jones and Schindler's List and all all those. Uh, but Hans Zimmer to me I think is is one of and that's sort of why I love the Dark Knight. I thought his Dark Knight soundtrack was incredible. Inception. I mean. Uh, I th- I still think that time by Hans Zimmer is one of the the great uh, like uh, piece of music <laughs> that's not like a classical piece. Um, so yeah, um, Hans Zimmer and he did the new Top Gun, which he he killed. And speaking of which, speaking of recommendations, I don't know if you guys have seen it. Yep. The new Top Gun is sensational. I actually fired it off last episode as a recommendation. Loved it, man. It was so good. Oh my god! And I love the original. A lot of people don't like the original one. Uh, I like it. I-, I think it's fine. Like I think it's fine. There's no real plot though in the first one. Like there's no story. It's just yeah. And my roommate said this uh, when he watched the first one. He sort of said like just like Tom Cruise looking cool. And I was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. But it's still like a cool movie. This one though is is like holy crap good like i walked out of there i watched it in imax i walked out of there and i was like that's that's a movie right there folks that was really really good and uh jennifer conley is is you know beautiful as always mm-hmm. <laughs> should we move to a different genre eric yeah uh, we can do that for sure i was just thinking about drama though because there's so much okay, we okay, could yeah. talk about and like, and, yeah. like and even the tears that you talked about as well like that's the only genre that really gets that reaction out of you. And I know a lot of people who do seek these movies that kind of make you cry. And like, do you have some of those movies that you could recommend that are like really hit home? Maybe they could be personal or just intense movies or unless you gave enough recommendations, you think in the one. No, no, no. Um, I think that uh, is that made me cry. I think this was like the first movie that like really made me ball my eyes out. Like, I was, uh, I was like legit. I think my dad was heard me from. I was watching in my basement. My dad heard me cry upstairs. Uh, was uh, the pursuit of happiness, mm, yeah. um, like the ending there. I was sent me. Uh, it really did. One other movie that doesn't get talked a lot about, and this is because I'm I I cried because I I'm such a huge Disney fan. Uh, is Saving Mr. Banks. It's about the process of uh acquiring the rights to a film for um Mary Poppins uh from f- from the novelist uh and uh it's so so good and you, you hear the the classic uh jingles from from Mary from Mary Poppins and I think that's a great movie and we Requiem for a Dream made me cry uh because not because like that Overall, that movie, like, really, like, it, it really sends you to, like, a different place, like, mentally. Like, it, it's so good. Another Darren Aronofsky movie that's really, 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 really sad is The Wrestler, which yes. is good. really, good really good. Yeah. It's so, so good. Like, oh, my God, I can't. Darren Aronofsky kills it. Um, he had one really bad movie recently called Mother. Oh, 
don't recommend that one. But, but like, it, it's just too complex. I, I, I read, like, what it was about after, and I was like, I didn't get that at all, but okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, Black Swan with Natalie Portman and Mila Kunis is really good, too. That's another one. Darren Aronofsky really does a good job of, of putting you inside that character's head. Every character that he has, he really puts you in their head. And he does this with beautiful direction and beautiful camera shots. You have high blood pressure when you're watching his movies because you're like, what is going on? Like, what's about to happen to... You feel like it's gonna, it's about to happen to you, you know? And, and I think he does a phenomenal job with that. Another one that really I really enjoyed is... Uh, and this is another foreign film, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Mm. I think that is a phenomenal movie. Uh, really good. Um the lives of others yes yeah yes the lives of others is so so good it's one it's overall it's not my favorite uh and i'm gonna take a screenshot of my foreign movie list and when you guys post this you guys can post my list too but it's not my favorite but i think overall when it comes to foreign movies that's the most complete movie uh um when it comes to foreign movies um but yeah uh, it's really something. Uh, a Bronx Tale is really good, um, and that's A Bronx Tale was the first one that was uh, on Broadway, a movie, and a musical. Yeah. It was the first ever movie to be all three. Uh, so, uh, um, I you know Robert De Niro. That was uh, Robert De Niro's directorial debut as well, and I think that movie is really really good. Yeah. Um, I just want to interject, like, Lives of Others is my second favorite movie of all time. Like, I, I watch that one every year. It, it's like, it goes Goodfellas, Lives of Others, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull for my, my top four of all time. But I oh, love wow. Lives so, of Others. I could talk, like, I've dissected that movie. It's so, the ending hits me every time, the freeze Oh, frame. the ending is so yeah. good. Yeah. I've only seen that movie once. It was in school a long time ago. I hardly remember it, though, so I should probably give it a rewatch and that might be a good segue into because we've mentioned foreign movies a few times and we're actually debating doing a full episode on this topic but i think if we analyze foreign film right now in this segment of our episode that'd be a good discussion around it and as you mentioned les intouchables kind of what introduced you to foreign and we all speak french the three of us so yeah easy first movie to watch and um just yeah what do you look for when you decide to watch a foreign movie? What do you love about them? And what are some recommendations as well there? We can get into that, but just kick us off there. Well, here's the thing with foreign movies. And this is like, this is one thing that really bothers me is like when Parasite came out, it was a huge hit, right? We all remember that everyone was talking about Parasite and and whatever. And it, you know, I think, you know, the Oscars are kind of trash now, but they're they're way too political and and whatever. But I, I think that Bong Joon Ho winning uh, best foreign film, uh, best director, and best and Parasite winning best picture is one of the great moments in in, in Oscar history. I, I really do. Bong Joon Bong Joon Ho got asked, "Why do you think Americans love Parasite so much?" I didn't like his answer because I don't think it's true. But I I'm sure he thinks it's true, but I don't think it's true. He said because it's about capitalism and every like Americans love capitalism. I don't think that's true at all. I think that this movie was just so good and people got got notice of it and said, "Okay, like I'll watch it." And they liked it. And that's just foreign movies. And and they they just gave it a chance 
and they liked it. And that's what I've been telling people is just give foreign movies a chance and it, it's going to blow your socks off. Yeah. Like, and, and I just think it it's as simple as that. It's not because it's about capitalism. Like when I watched Parasite, I didn't, I didn't say, Oh, capitalism. Yay. No, I said, these are foreign movies. Like this is, this is just how good they are. Foreign movies to me are so much like, obviously there's, there's so different than Hollywood movies because, and I come back to the Scorsese quote that I, I started off with. It was, the best movies are personal movies. Foreign movies don't have the budgets. They don't have, uh, you know, production companies throwing money at them. They work with what they have. They're, the stories are really, really personal. Uh, uh, and that's why I like them so much. Sorry, guys, but you don't get the Marvel. You don't get the, the this and the that and the, oh, like, he comes in to save the day and na na na. You get the, like, wow, like, that's a sad ending. Yeah like the the good guy doesn't win in foreign yeah. movies real life a little more maybe grounded in reality go ahead matt no no yeah that's like you're you're like me you're like me from like when i was your age like i was just like oh i've slowed down on movies because like I've, my life's gotten busier but like man yeah when you said watch a movie a day i'm like that was me at that age i was like i was watching one or two a day man i was writing them all down too i can't wait to check out your letterbox after the show actually but yeah uh, and speaking of paris oh go ahead Nez, go ahead no no go ahead go ahead go ahead no, no i was just gonna geek out on korean films but you go first <laughs> um so i took a film class in, in in university and and one thing that we talked about was uh neorealism and i think that a lot of uh a lot of what foreign foreign movies do is based off neorealism and one that does this very well is uh vittorio de sica and that's because it's it, it's uh, Italian neorealism. So it's really about post-World War II uh, Italy and how much, uh, um, you know, the people struggled after World War II. And it's about desperation. And one of the best uh, foreign films that I've, uh, that I've watched is uh, Bicycle Thieves by Vittorio De Sica. And it's about desperation. And you see these different cultures. Um, Hollywood makes it seem as though... Uh, you know, life is good over here, right? Uh, they, they, they really romanticize films and, and the cultures that we live in. Foreign films don't do that. They say, hey, this is how it is, you know, and, and this is how it is here, you know, and in post-war Italy, this is how it was, and it's about desperation. And, it, you know, Bicycle Thieves is about a guy who needs his bicycle to work, and it gets stolen. Mm -hmm. And the entire movie is him doing everything he possibly can to find his freaking bike. And the ending to that movie is is one of the great endings uh, of all movies, and it doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah, and also that Italian neorealism is like, didn't shoot on set, shot on location, cast non-actors as the like the main character is a non-actor. Yeah, like, I, have you seen Umberto D as well? Uh, I that, have. That one I like even more. Funny enough, uh, I watched it this week. Yeah, that's a great one. It's very sad. You know, there's so many, uh, like, good... I watched The Handmaiden by uh, Park uh, Chan Wook, whatever his name is, uh, a few weeks ago, which is incredible. You know, he did Old Boy as well, which is a really, you know, gory movie, and it's very, very, very good. And I don't know if you guys have seen this, but the number one recommendation that I have for foreign movies, the number one recommendation, if you like movies... If you're a movie lover 
and you want to watch a movie about movies, it's Cinema Paradiso. Yeah, I brought it up before yeah, right here. Matt's yeah, I freaking insanely love that movie. And how can you not smile at the last like the clip montage? Of- yeah, the last uh, the last five minutes of that movie. You know, if you're watching it in the complete darkness in your basement, you want to stand up and you want to start clapping. Uh, that's in, in fr- like it, it's that good, and the entire movie is just really about the love of movies, man, and and uh, uh, how they had it tough, man. That you know that that's what uh, that's what it's all about, and you know at the end of the day, when we're in tough, one of the things that you know brings us out of like what we're what our lives are going through, it's movies. You know, you watch a movie, you're gone for two hours, you're not thinking about what's going on in your life, and that's a that's. That's one thing that if we do talk about the silent era and the golden age of Hollywood, um, like that's one thing that was really, really important. And that's what really kickstarted the importance of Hollywood. Um, It was the fact that at the end of the day, our lives may suck. But if we go watch a movie for that two hours, our mind is our mind's gone, you know, and we're, we're watching this movie. It's 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 phenomenal. Well, if we get into the silent movie era, I will be extremely silent for that segment of the pod because I've seen very little of these movies. But and, and so so have go I. Back. Uh, um, yeah. So uh, talking about and I don't. Sorry if I'm interrupting, but uh, talking about the silent era is because when I taught when I was doing my placement for school, uh, so I taught a grade ten history class, and the grade ten history class is like. Uh, World War One, in between the wars, World War Two, Cold War, blah 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 blah, and I became a teacher because I I loved my grade ten history class so much. When I was a student, I was like, I want to teach this class, and when I was doing my placement, I started at in between both wars, and I told my teacher I was like, Hey, I know it's not in the curriculum, but I want to talk about you know movies, uh, um, because this is this was the time where like Hollywood really started to to become uh, a, a thing. And, you know, Charlie Chaplin, uh, for example, like I haven't seen a lot of silent films either, uh, um, but Modern Times by Charlie Chaplin is a, is a movie that I, I did show in, in that grade 10 history class and I will continue to show if I teach grade 10 uh, moving forward. Um, but we talk about drama, uh, the drama genre. A lot of uh, the comedic timings that happened in dra- drama films. And it happened a lot in Top Gun. Like, uh, I thought that Top Gun, w- one thing that Top Gun, I know I'm flip-flopping, I'm sorry, but uh, one thing that Top Gun got did really well was that those corny, dramatic moments, they 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 finished it off with a really, really funny joke that, that, that landed really well, that made you laugh a lot. And that all stems from Charlie Chaplin. Um, Charlie Chaplin, uh, and he did it without words. Uh, Charlie Chaplin, there's a lot of times where like uh, in the movie there in, in his movies, something bad would happen and then like something would fall on his head. He would trip or he would do something that would make you laugh. And, and uh, you know, Charlie Chaplin is, is the reason, in my opinion, why, you know, films are films now. Uh, you know, he, he was so, so, so important to the start of Hollywood. Like can't even imagine a life without him uh, in, in that time. And during the Great Depression, I'm sorry, but during the Great Depression, nobody had money. But what did they do? They went to go see movies regardless. And that's what started the golden age of Hollywood. Because as America was doing this, Hollywood was doing this. Because people would find money to go see movies. 
during the Great Depression. They didn't have any money for food or anything, but they would always find time for entertainment and to go watch movies. And a big part of that was Charlie Chaplin. Uh, Fritz Lang did a, a good job th uh, there as well. Mary Pickford, who's a Canadian icon. She's an icon. Uh, her and she was the female Charlie Chaplin at that time. Like she, she was like a huge Hollywood star and she was Canadian. So the silent era was huge. And a lot of the comedic timings that we see in drama now that really sort of relieve the pressure when you're watching a, a drama that all stems from Charlie Chaplin. Interesting. Movies, movies became the perfect escapism. They became our, the main form of escapism back then. And that, yeah, that's exactly what it was. And, and it's so funny because obviously the great depression at the time was, was worse, but like, you know, we're having a bad day or whatever. And, and for me anyways, one of the first things I say is, you know, I'm just going to watch a movie tonight. You know, it's a Friday night. I don't want to go out. I'm going to be like, Oh, you know, I, I just want to, you know, it's, it's so easy because you can just turn it on. Right. COVID too, height of COVID kind of our equivalent exactly. of the great depression. Can't go out, watch a movie. Exactly. And, um, yeah. Movies are like one of the, maybe the four horsemen of the apocalypse, if you will, of things that people can have in common. And it literally just brings people together. Um, don't ask me what the other three are probably like music, music. sports, um, hobbies or anything. There you go. And that's the thing. Like, like now we have sports yeah. and we, you know, we can just throw on our, our earphones and, and listen to music and, you know, we can go outside and, and, you know, play basketball at the time of the great depression. Like they didn't, you know, they could, they couldn't put earphones in and do all that. Like they had movies though, like, and, and movies were really cheap at the time. So, so yeah. Speaking of the great depression and foreign film, maybe to wrap up that discussion, have you seen the movie, the Turin horse or no, I haven't. Okay. Good. I <laughs> <laughs> heard, heard it's a slog, but holds up in some books. Um, okay. Um, that, quick uh, sorry to cut you off Eric. no no, no I, nothing it, go ahead. Fa your favorite like country like for foreign films like is there a particular uh, a specific country you're attached to more like you like those movies more from that country and if if you need time to think i can rattle off some of my like foreign highlights films that i like so i i will let you rattle off because i'll answer quickly i Actually, don't answer have answer first and then i'll rattle off my yeah from i don't i don't have one i don't oh. uh when i when i watch foreign movies yeah um uh and you mentioned korean and like japanese movies and and all that like i th i think those are really really good and if i had to pick one i think i'd choose that but i don't have i don't look at the 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 countries okay. when i watch a foreign film uh, like at all that to me has nothing to do with it okay i'll like I just go on kicks of like finding a foreign director and then like like for me like Japan to me is like Kurosawa's black and white films and Yeah yeah. and Korea for me is like the new wave Korea the the Korean renaissance basically of the 21st century of like movies like Old Boy I Saw the Devil any like Kim Ji-woon Park Chan-wook movie yep. Bong Joon-ho yep. then like I love my German movies from the 70s like the Rainer Werner Fassbender dramas are amazing Right. Even old, um, like old school Italian movies. You mentioned Italian neorealism. I love those movies. Even I even like Fellini, who's more like the opposite of neorealism. Yeah, Fellini's great. Right, he, and, he really is great. And French films are probably my favorite. Actually, France would be my country because there it's in every genre, and there's it's like from the dawn of filmmaking to right now, French have been the French have been making amazing movies. 
And the thing, the thing that's good about French movies, especially like for us, is that we're French, right? So you know, we don't have to like I, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but like I don't watch movie like just Hollywood movies, like English movies. I don't watch with subtitles. No. <laughs> Big subtitles guy over here. Me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are, uh, and and <laughs> I, it's picking up steam. Yeah, and and that's totally fine to me, but like. <laughs> For me, like, uh, the imagery and, and all that, I need to be focused on, um, I feel like I sort of, if I have subtitles, I feel like I, I'm sort of contradicting myself a little bit, but like for English movies, if I have subtitles, I feel like I somewhat disconnect from like, because I, I, I can understand. Oh, okay. I see. I, I can understand. So why just distract myself a little bit? Uh, um, when I can just understand what they're saying, but I understand that like subtitles, you, you pick up on a lot more things and Bong Joon-ho said it, right. He, he said it like, uh, once you get through that, that one in like that two centimeters of subtitles, like you'll discover how great foreign movies are. And, and, and that's what people don't want. They just, it's so dumb. It's like some people will watch English movies with subtitles, but when it comes to foreign movies, they don't want to read subtitles. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what are you talking about? Like, it's the same thing. Like, are you kidding me? It's all like, there's so many genres where I, I won't touch. Like, I'm not like an, uh, like a fantasy guy. Mm. Like, um, you know, like I tried a million times to watch and, and, I, this is gonna sound crazy, but like I tried a million times to watch games, game, Game of Thrones, and it just doesn't do it for me. Like that, the the fantasy genre type thing, just really, and th- people will have those, like absolutely, like, and that's fine. Like I don't knock on those people at all. Uh, uh, but like for me, fantasy really doesn't, you know, The Hobbit, and like I consider myself like a, a movie guy, but I, you know, I admittedly have never watched Lord of the Rings because I just don't like fantasy. And and that's crazy to me because Lord of the Rings is considered to be like obviously the greatest trilogy of all time. Like uh, apart from maybe like like I don't know like Godfather one and two, but like but I've never watched them. One, they're very long, and two, it's fantasy, and I'm just like not. A, I can't do fantasy. I don't know what it is, but uh, but yeah, they're not that. I mean, Dark Knight is a little bit shorter. Like Dark Knight Rises is as long as the first Lord of the Rings movie theatrical. Uh, yeah, so we're not going to sure. talk if about not Dark Knight. Longer, no. um, um, I I do like every genre and every like that. I think that's my greatest strength. Is like I'm super. I'm like in life. I'm super yeah. You're not lucky. Picky. Like I can eat that's any awesome. food. I like Swiss movies. Army knife. I'll just watch him. I can watch a fifties musical that people are like, why are you watching that? That's really like, it's a girl. I movie. love I'm musicals. Like, no, I love, exactly. I love like, I'll watch a Judy, Judy Garland musical. No problem. And Oh yeah. Enjoy Big it. time. And then I'll watch any, like I watch like B, B horror flicks all the time. Like I'm very like a Swiss army knife, mm-hmm. which also makes me like everything. So people are like, well, Matt, you like everything. So when you say this movie is good, <laughs> It's not always reliable. Eric's Take been it with a grain of, of salt. Yeah, some, yeah, some like... tough recommendations in the past. I've not been able to get into musicals personally. I haven't seen that many or even tried. But I actually tried watching Tick, Tick, Boom. Maybe, and I've only heard good oh, things too. So maybe I'm a huge outlier good. here. But I've I watched like the first 20 minutes. Maybe just wasn't the mood. Just could not get into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I actually like. Uh, um, and this nice. comes back to like the first time I saw the Dark Knight, 
because the first, like, one of the first musicals I've ever watched came out on my birthday, uh, and The Dark Knight came out two days before my birthday, so on my birthday, my, my mom says, my mom says, I'm, I'm 11 years old, my mom says to me, she's like, hey, Nez, uh, I want us to go see the midnight release of Mamma Mia for your birthday tonight. And I looked at her and I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Mom, I'm, I'm an 11 year old. I'm about to be, uh, a, a, you know, a teenager. You want me to go see Mama Mia on my birthday? Mid- midnight release. Or what are we doing right now? Do you not know who I am? And she's like, oh, like, you know, you're going to love it. And I was like, whatever. And I think I had just seen The Dark Knight. <laughs> and I was like, like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> I want to go see The Dark Knight, man. And, uh, uh. So I was like, you know, I wanted to make her happy. So I was like, oh, like, whatever, I'll go see it. So we went, me, my aunt, my, my cousin, and my mom. I walked out of there and I said, Mom, I'm coming to see this movie tomorrow. <laughs> I loved it, man. I loved it. And the new one came out with Lily James. I'm a huge, I, I find Lily James beautiful. Uh, and the new one came out. I, I like that one too. And uh, musicals are fun, man. They, they, they stick. They stick in your head. And, you know, I talked about Mary Poppins. Uh, you know, um, Let's Go Fly a Kite is, is such a good song. You know, I, I love musicals because, you know, they stay stuck in your head. Like the songs and you're just... And I, you know, I, I'm a huge, like, soundtrack guy. And, you know, what like, ex- I keep bringing up Top Gun because I freaking love Top Gun out of, you know. but I And I keep bringing it up out of nowhere for I oh, no reason. It fits. But, it fits you know, combo. at the end... At the very last scene when the Lady Gaga song hits, it's been on the radio forever. But when that Lady Gaga song hit in that movie, I was like, "Fuck, that's that's so good." You know, uh, I, musicals are fun. They're 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 fun. You got to take them with what they are. Mm-hmm. You know, musicals. The one thing that musicals can't do uh, uh, is they can't take themselves too seriously. You can, but like at the same time, we're going to see a musical not to rack our brains about what's going on in the story and like it, it needs to follow a certain flow but at the same time we just want to go there and enjoy the music enjoy the movie i i don't have anything to add on that that's exactly my thoughts so start with mama mia and then yeah i don't know yeah like uh and for, for the life of me musicals are, are sort of escaping me right now but uh have you watched any yeah, old ones, I, uh, Nez? Like old class, like Singing in the Rain and those. Singing, Singing in the Rain, obviously, yeah. yeah. Sound of Music, actually, classic movie. That's Sound of Music is a classic. Yeah. Like don't, don't, Singing in the West Rain and, and Sound of Music are are like. See, I can I can mess with Sound of Music. I've actually seen that one a few times. One of my mom's favorite movies. So I'll I'll dabble with the musicals in that situation. But overall, just hasn't been it for me. But I'll I'll give them a shot. Eventually, we'll do a musical pod down the road. Um, maybe. Yeah, man. We're, we're, yeah, we, we'll do a musical pod where we, we sing the entire, uh, I mean, one uh, thing, one thing at a time, we'll start with just watching yeah. the movies and see if I develop some sort yeah. of singing abilities and, uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. You, you mentioned Westerns earlier, Nez. Have you yes. watched any like Italian spaghetti Westerns? Yes, I have. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, one of the great movies of all time is the good, the bad, the ugly. Yes. All right. And your Americoni's theme of like the now now now. I think like it's so like it's so it's such a good movie like uh, uh from from top to bottom. Uh a few dollars more is really good. What's upon a time in the west is really good. High noon is really good. Mm-hmm. Um that's that's an old one. Yep. 
seen that. So a lot, like I, I love westerns, and I, I, you know, Unforgiven is good. Here I am again, bringing up Top Gun. But Val Kilmer in uh, oh, okay. in uh, Tombstone, yeah. What, what's it called? I was gonna say Tombstone. for some reason I feel like that was gonna be forced, but no. Uh, oh my god, I, the the movie escapes me. But uh, Val Kilmer is in Tombstone. Tombstone yes, yeah. thank you. Uh, you know Val Kilmer's uh, performance in Tombstone is 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 sensational. Uh, it really is. No, I mean I love westerns too, and like all the there's all the classic ones with like Clint Eastwood or John Wayne or like you mentioned Gary Cooper, and but like there's some like really sp- dirty spaghetti westerns that are like like the the original Django movie with Franco yes. Nero and there's movies like uh also with Franco Nero Kioma like those are like the more like exploitative spaghetti westerns but I I'm obsessed with those for the apocalypse they're, they're all like Italian movies like badly dubbed too but like those are fun ass movies and they're not as polished as Sergio Leone's movies but that's the thing and it, it it's sort of in the same you know you have to take western seriously but they're fun movies man and and that's what you want with with westerns like you want to watch it and like it's you know it's intense but at the same time like you want to watch it and be like that's a fun movie you know and uh you know i think one of the perfect one of the most perfect movies uh is butch cassidy and the sundance kid um from you know i think from a story from a storytelling point of view uh i think uh, william goldman like who wrote the script he wrote the 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 book and then wrote the script um i think he uh you know i I think that 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 script uh is really well done and uh you know paul newman and and robert redford are are absolute kings like every time they're on the screen together uh it's it's and and speaking of which those two uh one recommendation that i do have is uh the sting it's not a like a, a con man movie mm-hmm. and and you get completely fooled at the end everyone like uh it, and it's so good um so the sting is very good uh, paul newman and robert redford uh are on this on the screen together it's it, you can't miss um I think but, of the best actors but, now it's like them them two at the time right like if we put the best actors right now in a movie like Kind of like Leo me, and Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time. I was just going to say that. Yeah. I I was just going to say, for me, like, them two is like Leo and Brad Pitt. Yeah. And I think that, and and uh, Brad Pitt's movie, uh, favorite movie is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Oh. I think if you look at the persona of Brad Pitt, he, he, he goes about himself the exact same way Robert Redford does. Uh, like, they, they look the same, <laughs> and they act the same, and, and who... And and I know you guys uh, are are the podcasters, and I don't want to take too much time. I don't know how how long we've been doing this, but who uh, for you guys are your favorite actors? Oh, current like a lot like right now or of all any time? any actor any actor. Okay, uh, do you want me to go first? Here? Yeah, you go ahead, Matt. It's like I have like Robert De Niro is my favorite actor. So Robert De Niro, Jack Lemmon, J- James Stewart, Lawrence Olivier. Al Pacino, Daniel Day-Lewis. Um, I like Christian Bale a lot. There's so many. Cary Grant. I'm obsessed with Cary Grant movies. Cary Grant is great. Yeah. Uh, Jack Lemmon's gr- Jack Lemmon's great. Jack Lem- um, Some Like It Hot is like one of my favorites. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah, uh, The uh, Apartment. Um, um, and I, I, I know I sort of said this. I, I was probably really dramatic when I said it about Andrew Garfield. Um, but I do think he's a great actor. Um, but... You mentioned Christian Bale, and I think that Christian Bale is, uh, and I, I get a lot of flack for this, but I, I, I think that, like, in the last 20 years, uh, like, 10, 20, 
10, 15 years, I think Christian Bale's, uh, I think he's top three. Um, I don't, I don't like it. He, he can do anything. Right. And he's, you see his body transformations all the time. And I think like, no, like he is so good yeah. at every, like every, everything. And he's the villain. And is it the, yeah, new... the next Thor movie? Thor. Yeah. So, uh, so he does, he does everything, man. Versatile. And he kills it. He, he really does. And actually, that's another good point for in favor of the Dark Knight. That when we were talking about actors in that movie, Matt said that only really Heath Ledger delivered an iconic performance in that movie. I countered that there are a bunch of other great actors, Christian Bale being one of them, of course. And to answer your question, as for like, I have a hard time actually answering like favorite movie of all time and favorite actor. I kind of just float on like who I'm feeling or what I'm liking. It goes through waves, ups and downs, but. Obviously, like, Leo, I feel like, never really misses in the movies I see him in. So, I'd have to say he's up there for me. Brad Pitt, Doesn't I always miss. like. And I feel like these are easy answers. But they, they're easy answers for a reason in that they're phenomenal actors. And I love them in pretty much everything they do. Another one that's a classic of mine is and this is more of a minor actor there who's more in supporting roles. But I'm a big John Bernthal guy. I've said that a bunch. Oh, yeah. Pod. John Bernthal is great. He actually has a show is... on Crave that I'm going to yeah. start up. We own this city. I haven't seen it yet. I'm preemptively recommending it to the people. Apparently, it's solid. I don't know if you've seen it. We're going to talk about it, Nez, but... Uh, no, I, I I haven't seen, but John Bernthal is, is, is really good. And you're right. He is more of a supporting role, but uh, but he, he kills it, man. He, he I think he does a really, really good job. And every every time I see him on screen, I think, like, man, like... He's he's underrated. Like 100%. He, you know, we don't talk about him much, and and and, but I think he is perfect for like that that supporting role. Yeah. Like, um, I I you know he he's there. He does a good job. He you know we don't see him too often, but like when he's there, you know he, he has a huge impact. And that's probably um, why we're a fan of his. Like maybe if he was the lead, we wouldn't be. Like maybe yeah, he'd, exactly. he'd be overacting or something. Like he's staying in his lane. He's killing it. But now he's the lead in this show, so I'm excited to see what he does now as the the alpha dog on this show. So yeah, looking forward to watching that. I, I always thought Bernthal was like our generation. He's, he's the Willem Dafoe of our generation. Cause Willem Dafoe is like the best character, like a supporting actor ever. Yeah. Willem Dafoe oh. uh, is to this day. I still think... like he made like three movies last year. Yeah. He's, like, he's a national treasure. He really amazing. is. And yeah. you know, platoon's one of my favorite war movies. So his, Oh, uh, is it uh, platoon platoon? Yeah. Yeah. War movies are, are one that uh, I love, but uh, Matt, you you mentioned Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, I mean that's that's a given. <laughs> uh, everything starts with Jimmy Stewart. But my favorite when it comes to like being uh, like as good as he is is Daniel Day Lewis. I I, I right. You like, know yeah. when I watched Lincoln, I actually thought that Daniel Day Lewis was Abraham Lincoln. I said, this is like, they, he came back, Abraham Lincoln came back to life and shot this movie for us. Like, and I'm dead serious. I was like, dude, like, this is who, like, this is Abraham Lincoln. Like, prove me otherwise. Like, please. Like, it's, and he, you know, he's very methodical in how he does it. Apparently he's like, legit, like, a nut job. Like, when he, when he takes on a role. Not that I can, Um, yeah, yeah. He goes to the extreme. One, uh, you, you mentioned Paul Thomas Anderson, Eric, I think, earlier. Uh, I think that was Matt, was actually. Oh, Matt. Uh, one of his, uh, one of Paul Thomas Anderson's films that I really enjoyed was uh, the Phantom Thread, with Daniel Day Lewis. Um, it's a very slow movie. Uh, it's not for everyone, but his performance is off the charts. 
So, really? Uh, Even over There Will Be Blood? Oh, no, like... You, you like, like them all. There yeah, Will Be Blood like is, is best, but, like, yeah. I, I'm just saying, like, yeah. uh, for the movies that are not talked about enough, okay. The Phantom Thread, uh, he's, like, Sensei, and uh, the the other one there, the Scorsese one, I, I keep forgetting names. The, the name of the movie with Gangs of New York. Yeah. He's as, will, uh, as the butcher. Uh, did you know he spent, like, three months with a butcher to, to prepare for that role. Crazy. Yeah, yeah it's, he's nuts. Maybe to round out our movie genres discussion, we put a poll up on Insta just to get the sense of what our listeners' favorite genres were. So the options were action, drama, comedy, and only could put four. So I put other as the other option. And I was surprised that action actually won, actually won by a landslide. There was a majority of action votes coming in at number one, comedy number two, and then drama at three. I do feel like obviously some people just didn't vote. So, I mean, drama, us drama lovers yeah. didn't get the representation that we should have. But it was just all action. And I feel like action and comedy, actually, two genres we didn't really focus on at all this episode. Curious as to your thoughts on those poll results. Um, I'm not surprised. Uh, I, I, I'm, I would have to say because um, I would think, you know, those are those are two genres where uh, you can really just pick any action movie and pick any comedy and just enjoy with your friends and, you know, on a date night or whatever. You don't want to watch really a, a full blown drama with your with on a first date uh, that makes you cry, you know. Like you want to watch an action movie, you want to watch a, a comedy, and you you know you want to laugh and 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 be like entertained throughout and see explosions and I'm really not surprised by that at all. Uh, um, and because I I do think that they are uh the most like very popular genres. This all comes back to like you know Shakespeare, but you can just easily put action and uh uh comedy inside drama mm-hmm. and you, you you'll see you'll see uh like drama in those in, in those genres all the time and if you think about it those dramatic moments in those movies are the best part of those movies you're right you're absolutely right and i like horror is my second like hor- i'm obsessed with horror films and the best horror films are the ones that are more like dramatic and actually like well made and not just exploitative and money shots like drama is everything yeah Yes, and and that's one thing with with horror. Uh, like I I like horror films. Like I I don't really wa- like watch them, but I I will if if I sort of have to. But the thing with horror films, especially like recently, is that and I I mentioned this about uh like musicals too. But like horror films, they seem like they don't take themselves like seriously, which is like very dangerous, especially for horror films. Like you have like you you have to take these horror films seriously. And and it's not about like scaring the audience. It's about it's really about the story and like the the scaring will come on its own. But but at the same time, like you need to start if you, if if the horror films don't take themselves seriously, the audience won't either. And I think that's what's been going on with horror films like a, a little bit too much is like it's too much of a like, oh, like come watch this for like for fun or like, you know, I hope. 14 year olds with their friends come watch this right and and like i i think that's what's been going on too much with horror films in my opinion but i you know what i'm saying that Mm -hmm. because uh uh and but i haven't really been watching a a lot of them 
Yeah, like those the the movies you're talking about do come out every year, but also like the 2010s. Like I'm, I listen. I'm really deep into horror. Like the 2010s is like the second resurgence of like a golden age of horror films. Actually, oh, like good. a lot of good ones came out. They're just all indie films that will never see the light of day in a movie store or in theaters. They're just they just come out like right. They're indies, so and they're phenomenal. And I could like send you a I can send you a list of like a hundred like yeah, hundred movies from do. the past decade, as voted by like just like podcasters and stuff like that. And like they're just movies you've never heard of, but you watch them. They're like this is good shit. But a lot of them tie into the drama genre and other genres, right? They're fringe horror. Well, I know Matt, right. you're good to give like recommendations. Pretty much every episode at the end of our episodes for a few horror movies that don't get the recognition or general like promotion that yeah. they should in mainstream like movie consumers uh, audience i don't know anyways you know what i'm trying to say and yeah. i do feel though nez like to your point about not taking horror seriously not sure i followed everything there but i do feel like it's a misconception on the audience's part that horror isn't really or shouldn't be taken seriously that it is just like jump scares and you and I probably, I want to say I've seen a similar amount of horror. Like, I've gotten more into it through Matt. And as I've seen these movies, horror is a genre I completely discredited before and just thought of as like, okay, it's cheap thrills and people just like the rush of being scared. But there's a lot more to these horror movies. And I would cite, like, Get Out as the first movie that really shifted my perception towards horror movies. And there are a ton of other movies like that out there. Like Matt said, that have dropped in the 2010s and continue to be released every year. We just don't really hear about them. So it's kind of up to us now to do more research and enjoy these genuinely good movies. I forgot to, to mention this, but you're, you're right. Um, and Get Out, for example, and Us. I didn't. I thought Us was okay. I loved Get Out. But, um, you know, uh, Hereditary is another one. Those are movies that really take themselves seriously. Right. And, and they do a good job. And, and, you know, when remember when Get Out came out, everyone was talking about it, like everyone was talking about it. And that's because like Jordan Peele, like really takes it and he's coming out with a new one. Nope. Uh, I, I forget what it's called, but the trailer came out today. Um, so. Uh, so, yeah, like those are movies that take themselves seriously and, and they're really good, <laughs> you know, like so. So that's sort of what I meant, you know, like uh, but like the jump scares and like all that, like it's all fun and games, but like horror movies that don't take themselves seriously you're walking out there and you're laughing with your friends and like ah you know but uh, the ones that are do take themselves seriously like hereditary get out us you're walking out there and you're like holy crap you know like that was that was a different experience you know so hereditary is a modern day classic like into like it's like an om the omen rosemary's baby and the exorcist in the 70s hereditary is that for the 2010s and I've seen it enough times. It's a bonafide classic, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I actually haven't um, seen yeah. it, so... Yeah, I... Should probably get on that. I pro That that movie, Nez, like, after I saw it at the theater, Hereditary, I went alone to watch the movie. Nobody wanted to come with me. I, I couldn't, like... I was speechless. I don't believe I didn't want to, like, talk to anybody for, like, a whole day after. I was like... Oh. Yeah, man. and Toni Collette does a good oh, job in that movie, What a great too. actress. Yeah, yeah she, she rocks, man. She's great. But action and comedy, of course, are going to be the number one genres because it's like, not to like, I don't want to sound like a snob or anything, but it's like, it's the casual fans like favorite genres and comedy is my least favorite genre, actually. Me too. I just horror and dramas. Like, I like that. Like, I need to be stimulated and 
horror stimulates me a lot. Like I really get into it and I get the strongest reactions and the, the ones that are more dramatic. So you guys are going to hate me, but, uh, like Top Gun was really funny. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah. Man, it it was really it. funny. Like there were so many good like moments. I was laughing my ass off. Like, like most of the movie because, because there was, but it's, you know, it's not a comedy it, it, and it wasn't forced and it's not like, you know, like I don't like stand up. Uh, like I don't like stand up. I don't like watching stand up because it's so forced and like, you know, the punch, like, you know, there's a punchline coming. Right. And I thought that like, and I, I'm repeating myself, but like Top Gun was like so good because like those, those comedic moments were like, you didn't expect them and they came. And another movie that, uh, uh, that came out recently and holy, this movie is incredible, uh, um, is everything everywhere all at once. If you guys have not seen Everything Everywhere All at Once, you have to watch it. I am no, like, it. I, I, like you haven't seen it. It gets still? it's on my list. I, I have it. I have it ready. You have you have to. I I so I saw it with okay. Dallas, right, with, with right. Dallas who you guys had on, and and we didn't know anything. Like I just saw on Twitter like oh like this movie's really good, and I was like oh Dallas you want to go see it? We didn't read review. We didn't read the the plot of it. Like we didn't we didn't know. Like I, I just bought the tickets and we went. I have never been in a movie theater that laughed that loud and that much in my life. It was, wow. it's laugh out loud funny. It is laugh out loud funny. And at the same time, it is like a really, really touching movie. Yeah. Like it's not a comedy either. Like I would say it's a drama. It's not a comedy at all. It's and, not a comedy it is at hilarious. all. And I do think that. In my mind, like the best movies blend genres too. Like you need, exactly. in my opinion, yeah. anyways, you need comedy in a drama. If you're always having these serious moments, you kind of do need some lighthearted humor to ease the tension at times. Otherwise, it can just be Absolutely. like a depressing movie to watch. But I can and and I I can honestly say that I don't think I've ever laughed uh, that. And it's not like you said, it's not a comedy. But I don't think I've laughed that much at a movie for uh, everything everywhere all at once then you almost cry at the end like it's crazy um right, but i, I, I do it. think <laughs> yeah you have to uh, and like you legit have to uh, i will but I'll i do think Sunday. speak like of comedies the first hangover was like that's really 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 solid comedy like that's a comedy that i thoroughly enjoy i'll watch it anytime and that's just because it's so different you know, it's not your run-of-the-mill, like, like corny comedy. It's, like, it was, like, a really good comedy. I was just going to say, you mentioned Everything Ever All at Once as the movie you laughed the most in theaters in a long time. Well, me, Hangover is the movie I laughed the most oh, yeah. ever in oh, the yeah. movie theater the first time. And it was actually the exact same situation or experience as you in that I knew nothing really about The Hangover. I don't know if it was already starting to blow up a little and we decided to go see it because of that, but I forget had never seen a trailer, just went in there, and from the first scene on was just in tears the whole movie. So, oh yeah, and that's no, the beauty too. Uh... And we've talked about comedies quite a few times on the pod. I don't need to fully, fully get into it, but that's like the beauty of comedy is that you get that escapism, but there's also the the realism and the relatability, and then just the laughter is like a nice escape, especially if you're in the Great Depression watching these movies. Like you, you need some laughs, right? And comedy movies give that to you almost every single time whenever they're good movies so and yeah and that's why like charlie chaplin was so famous because he just he he like made people laugh so so much in that in that time 
because like uh it, and and it's something that like he did so well and and that's why it was he was so popular is because like just by his movement and like the things around him like made people legit burst out laughing and that's why it's you know we credit most of it like a lot to him, to him founding father of comedy i think like, that's all, all i had go ahead yeah, I said we could go on all night. Yeah, that's like, a thing. Oh yeah, definitely. With this topic, yeah. it's so open ended that there's no like everything everywhere all at once. Basically, we could go in any direction here, but yeah. I yes. think uh, yep, be a good place well to said. wrap it up there. From your most favorite genre, drama, to least favorite in comedy, a nice full circle moment there. Yeah, Nez absolutely crushed it on here. It was a pleasure having you on. Do you have any final notes for the listeners? Uh, no, no notes. I, I really appreciate uh, uh, you guys having me on. You know, uh, like you said, I could talk about this all night. Uh, but uh, no, hey, uh, thank you so much for, uh, for having me. Movies are, are the best. They're the best escape, in my opinion. Uh, I hope everyone just watches movies and loves movies. You know, that's, that's just it. Uh, it's, not, it's, it's, it's that simple. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And as you were a phenomenal guest and... Um... We could have talked for hours. <laughs> yeah, we could have. Yeah. But thank you. No, I pre- I really appreciate it. Right. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. All right, cheers, man. Cheers. So, yeah, thanks a lot, Nez. You absolutely killed out on there. It was a great time having you on. Um, random recommendations time. We're actually recording this episode in a pretty sh- quick turnaround since we recorded our last one. So not too much has been watched. It definitely, I haven't watched any movies in the last week. I've been watching, I'm watching so many shows right now, it's absurd. Like, obviously, Sopranos still going, don't need to talk about that. Three shows I want to recommend. The first one is on Crave, it's called Shore Z. It's a spinoff of the show Letterkenny, if anyone's heard of Letterkenny. And this show follows a, a character in Letterkenny called Shore Z, and he's on a, um, a senior adult hockey league in Sudbury. Kind of just follow him around the shenanigans they do it's an absolutely hilarious show very low risk and actually quite a few great dramatic moments and like obviously i wasn't crying at these scenes but there's definitely some tearjerker moments and there's some great emotion on there but mostly it's great comedy if you like hockey and you want a very easy show these episodes are like 23 minutes long i crushed this show very easy within a week super easy to watch shore z on crave if you watch letter kenny it's a must watch i always see the ad for it because i watch the hockey games and they show the commercials for the yep. show so it piqued my interest never watched letter kenny once though so maybe i should give that a go before shore z right is it same type of uh so i've actually only seen one season of letter kenny there's like okay. 11 seasons i want to say and i'm oh, not really shoot. that committed to watching them all there's okay. six episodes per season, though, so pretty easy to to pump out these episodes. But yeah, I would assume, like from what I've seen anyways, the vibe is pretty similar to Letterkenny. Okay. So it's like very Canadian humor, which for us okay. is super refreshing. And especially hockey shows, I think it's the first of its kind that purely follows a hockey team. You really don't get to Sweet. see that often. So it, it's been fun to watch. So the other show that Andy and I are watching right now is Stranger Things Season 4. We're on episode five, so episode six actually so far. Absolutely loving it so far. We have to do an episode on Stranger Things. When yeah. the rest yeah. of this season drops, I would like to talk about Stranger Things. It's been really absolutely. Fun to watch. I'm 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 way behind. Like I'm only on episode uh, two. Okay. 
Yeah, I'm gonna make an effort though to watch it more regular. Like I'm really into the baseball and hockey right now, so Which like I'm, I'm that's why I'll have nothing to recommend tonight because like life, man, is just crazy. And then my spare time is baseball and hockey. So and also like like I said, we haven't we record we're recording this episode like pretty not even a week after we did our last yeah. one, so it's uh, yeah. tough to really get into a bunch of stuff. But yeah, Stranger Things 4, great stuff. And then the last one is more like just for conversation with you because I really want to get these thoughts out before the entire show is complete, Which at which point we'll talk about it in its entirety, which is Kenobi on Disney+. Plus. I'm right. not loving this right now. I'll just say that right now. Four episodes in, overall I'm disappointed. And I don't want to be negative and just shit on a show that I was actually very much so looking forward to. I'm just surprised at this point, four episodes in at the direction they decided to take by bringing back this beloved character characters and actors and telling this story in between episodes three and four. I'm not liking that. We're spending so much time following in an inquisitor character who through four episodes has barely gotten any development as comes across as more realistically, not an extremely likable character. So we're kind of wondering as to why we're spending this much time with her and where where they're headed in this with this show. I want to see more Kenobi and I want to see more Hayden Christensen as Anakin. If we could mix in some flashbacks, maybe to look at the brotherhood that Obi-Wan and Anakin had back in the day or just more Vader. Okay, so episode three was the only one I actually liked a lot. Like I loved seeing Vader. In episode three of Kenobi, and then four, he's in there for one scene. And no, I actually it, didn't watch episode four yet, but like oh, that, you didn't okay. know that. that it's, my, it's okay. That, that's my bad. I, I echo your thoughts, Eric. Actually, one and two, episode one and two, I was very like, "What the hell?" Like, I know this isn't what I wanted, but three brought it back for me. So now you're saying four <laughs> is not higher than three. Okay, Dude. I'm gonna go in like with uh, low expectations for episode four. I keep thinking the episodes drop Friday, but they drop on Wednesday, right? Or something They're like that? Wednesday drops. Yeah, and I'm telling you, go in yeah. with low expectations because episode okay. four is my least favorite one so far. That's why Seriously? I have to get these thoughts out on the air. And I could, I very much hope that I eat crow on this take and that it ends up being yeah. a great show. But my God, two, two thirds of the season are out. And I was talking about this with quite a few people actually. All these Disney Plus shows, overall, I've enjoyed them, but they're only six episodes long. You cannot afford to have any any sort of filler in here. And in most of these shows, there has been filler. And episode four is a filler episode at its core. Oh. You're, ah. you're wasting valuable minutes sharing this story and or lack thereof story. And uh, yeah, it's just really not what I was expecting and... Yeah, it's doesn't even sniff Mando. There's no debate to be had here. The episodes five and six could end up being incredible. Mandalorian is the superior show, and I don't even need it to be superior. I don't even need Kenobi to be better than Mandalorian. I just expect it to be better than this. Is all I'm saying. So that's it for my uh, negative Kenobi tirade. But I hope that when we do our Star Wars episode, we have better things to say about it, or I have better things to say about it, anyways. So far. Yeah, Eric, I, I agree with you. Episode one and two, very underwhelming. Yep. Episode three, I loved because of the Vader action. But you're right. Like, oh, no, okay. Right, we'll have more to say. I'm, I'm with you so far. I'm very disappointed. Yeah. 
still like watching it because it's still Ewan McGregor and it's still Star Wars stuff. So I don't hate it, but like, yeah. Absolutely. And hey, it's the first thing I'll watch every Wednesday now. Like still, I'm still going to tune in every Wednesday, obviously. I also watched the first episode of Miss Marvel yesterday. It was exactly what I was expecting and I don't hate it. You know, it was enjoyable, low risk watch, good first episode. Um, we'll see where it goes, but um, okay, yeah. I'm gonna wait for that one to come out in its entirety and binge. It's not it. a bad call, actually. Yeah, I'm just a fiend. I'm watching so many TV shows right now; it's ridiculous. And I, I've talked about We Own This City. I'm gonna throw in at some point too. It's ridiculous. And actually, Peaky Blinders season six is dropping tomorrow. I'm obviously gonna watch that. Just doesn't stop. <laughs> And actually, no, I started watching The Boys, too, which is nuts. I'm watching so many shows. What about The Sopranos? <laughs> well, no, I'm actually steadily well, – I'm at season three now, episode two. Nice. Loving it. It keeps getting better. What do you think of The Boys? I actually like the first – I only watched the first episode of season three, and I really liked it. It's um, That's a show that I'd completely forgotten everything about because I've, since Me season too. two ended, yeah. I watched so many other shows – but then after watching the recap and just 10 minutes with these characters, I'm like, oh, I love this crew. It's just, it was a great, actually, I watched that episode after Kenobi and it was so fun to be with this crew again after an underwhelming Kenobi episode. No, uh, I'm liking the boys. And I heard season three is pretty solid. So I'm excited to wrap that up. And that could be another episode down the road or something like another superhero Ooh. take on. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I have to recommend only shows haven't been listening to any music and i'm watching the playoffs i'm actually watching tampa new york right now let's go tampa so now what's your new take on that eric yeah so uh, edmonton colorado not surprising that so at this point colorado swept edmonton and are waiting to see who they're going to play in the finals surprised that they swept edmonton not surprised that they won but i'm definitely shocked that it was already over after four games Tampa, New York has been interesting. It's actually been really fun to watch New York. I'm not rooting for them, though, but if they do win, good for them. But overall, let's go Colorado in the finals. I, I want to see Colorado-Tampa at this point, though. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I want to see Colorado-Tampa. The big takeaway since last episode is Andy's prediction doesn't seem too crazy now. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I th- New York has home ice advantage against the series against Tampa, and like they could face Colorado, and pff, it's the Stanley Cup Finals, and anyone can win. So by the um, time this episode drops, they'll <laughs> either be in the finals or be eliminated. But regardless, amazing call by Andy that that New York would win the Cup this year. It's crazy. Yeah. And actually, by this point, this the finals will be a few games in. So maybe New York is up. 2-1 on Colorado. Who knows? I don't want to jinx yeah. like that. You never know. But I do think it's Colorado's year, though, to be honest. like Watching them manhandle Edmonton solidified it. And, again, we've talked about this guy all play. Well, actually, we've only talked about the playoffs one episode. But Kale McCarr, my God, just absolutely outstanding out there. Every single shift. And, actually, my, we were talking about his defensive game last episode, too. There's an iconic clip in game two, McDavid bursting down the wing one minute into the game, one-on-one McCarr. McCarr just easily pokes the puck off McDavid, starts the breakout the other way. Just cool cool as a cucumber back there, starting the transitional play. He's just unreal. If Colorado goes on to win the cup, I think he should win the, the Conn Smythe, so the MVP for the playoffs. It's been a treat to watch. What more can I say? I was just telling my dad that today. I'm like, it's like watching Eric Carlson, but like even better because he can play so. defense. 
So. And when you get compared to Bobby Orr by Wayne Gretzky, I I don't think it's a fluke that you're getting that kind of praise. Even I think Chris Chelios compared him to Bobby Orr and just said that he's playing at a level above everyone else. It's just insane. No, we're blessed right now with all this great hockey. And for you, again, like we talked about last episode, baseball. We've had a cool uh, conference finals, uh, like more of a defensive uh, series and more of an offensive series. And it's been fun to watch because like one night I'm watching like a shootout and the other night I'm watching more of a like a normal hockey game, really. (laughs) And actually, we were correct in predicting that. Like We talked about that, that that's what it would be. And we were definitely right. Shesterkin and Vasilevsky have both had a game, or actually only Vasilevsky's had a game where he let in like six goals. So that was surprising. Yeah, true. In my opinion, at this point, Shesterkin has outplayed Vasilevsky. He's looked unbelievable in nets. But now Tampa's got their mojo. They've won two in a row. Mm-hmm. This is a huge game five tonight. I think these uh, this year has been better than the last few, like in terms of like, the second round's been good too, and the third and the conference final's been good as well. Like it's not like just the first round's good. Every round's been good for me. So, agreed. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's all I got as well, Matt. Um, any final notes for the listeners? Yeah, thanks everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed our movie talk, and hopefully you watch one of the movies we recommended, and just stay safe out there and enjoy summer. And uh, like, yeah. Yep. That's agreed. It. <laughs> So yeah, thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned for episodes dropping every two Mondays. Continue to stay safe. Love you all, and yeah, peace.